On Racing HQ, Monday's Experts, studying the form of racing's characters. Monday's Experts, hey, they've always got the good oil, but you can't put a bet on at the finish of a race. All right, now it's time on Monday's experience to find out a little bit about the story behind the name. And on this Monday, we're going to head up to the Hunter Valley to Scone. There's a, a gentleman by the name of Lyle Chandler. We've seen him compete in town with Tab Highways. We've also seen him have success with Banju. Uh, Banju, of course, winning uh, some country cups, etc., and having that, that good success in town also. And he might have a couple of other good horses coming through the ranks. It'd be great to hear about his story. Lyle, welcome to Monday's Experts. Good morning, Dave. How are you? Very good, mate. Always nice to not just come on and talk about horses and how they're going to go in particular races and find a little bit about you as an individual and as a, uh, a family man, mate. You were born in South Africa, and I think we can tell that by the, uh, the accent that uh, you've still got, although there's a bit of Aussie infiltrating you in there. Uh, where were you born, and what was it like growing up for Lyle Chandler in South Africa? Yeah, uh, thanks, Dave. I, I, think I prefer to speak about horses, but... Uh, um, <laughs> Anyway, yeah, I was I was born in um, in Douglas, South Africa, which is like a, a very rural town, and uh, I pretty much grew up um, uh, in a small country town. But I spent a lot of time on my uh, grandparents' uh, sheep and cattle farm, and that's probably what really um, sort of uh, grew the love for horses. You know, just, you know, mustering sheep and cattle and playing cowboys and Indians as as young kids, and 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 that's sort of where the love for for, um, I suppose, country and uh, horses come from. Yeah. Is it um, so? In terms of being around horses, do you have a first memory of of a horse? Um, I I had a, a very good pony as a, as a kid called Poppy, as in the flower, and um, you know she she was a, a bit of a family heirloom. Like everyone sort of learned to ride on her, and, and she was just an absolute darling. And um, that's probably my first memory if I think about horses, but. And then other than that, it's just sort of a mixture of, you know, horses and sheep and cattle, you know. It's just, as mm. I say, spent a lot of time mustering, um, a lot of school holidays. You know, whenever I had an opportunity to go out to the farm, my granddad just come to town and pick me up and, you know, we'd head out uh, to the farm. So I used to spend a lot of time there. And also, I think, it developed a good work ethic. My, my granddad was pretty um, old school and, you know, we used, to, we used to have to contribute and get involved. But, you know, he used to give us a little bit of money, which was always nice, um, earning a little bit of pocket money. Yeah, certainly. Uh, Lot. what about, uh, so you're growing up, but no doubt you're, you're doing uh, a lot of school, you're going through the motions. Was it always, I mean, did you see yourself as a youngster working with animals? Was that going to be the plan or did you have your eyes set on other things? Yeah, I sort of uh, was considering, uh, you know, going through high school and, and that probably looking towards farming or, um, or, or maybe thinking about it, probably the grades went up to but maybe something like veterinary or something and that along that lines but um you know i must say racing although i was really intrigued by it it wasn't really um uh, a possibility where i was i, I suppose uh, we did have a local track at kimberley but it was a it's sort of probably the worst track in, in the whole of south africa and was probably not the type of place you wanted to hang around at that stage and you know, um, you know, South Africa as well is quite dangerous. So very hard to get out to track at three o'clock in the morning, and you know, not the time you wanted to be a youngster, sort of commuting to stables and things like that. So, yeah, so I was probably thinking about farming and that, but uh, it wasn't until my my parents immigrated to England that I, I really sort of, um, you know, thought about the thoroughbred world. 
So you jumped into the thoroughbred world. At what point was it when you were living in England that you decided to to get involved? Was it a day at the stables? Was it uh, you know because I'm I'm tipping that um, you were living in a country or a slightly rural area in South Africa, and then when you moved to London, it would have been very very different. Yeah, it was a total shock actually. Um, my, my parents were just sort of north of London, a, a new town in England in Buckinghamshire called uh, Milton Keynes, and sort of went there. And for probably two years, I was sort of totally out of the rural scene, like, uh, and you know, you know, no animal contact or any sort of thing like that. But um, you know, I, I went to a, a, a careers day as I was finishing my A levels in, in in England, and uh, I, I popped around an agricultural college and. and um, they had a few horse courses, and, and once I enrolled there, and uh, I met somebody um, who told me about yearling preparation, and then I suppose, long story short, I ended up going to work for uh, George Michael, the, you know, the singer's father. He has got a small stud outside of London, so that was my first um, foray into thoroughbreds, and I, I was very lucky because the, um, you know, being a slightly smaller farm with sort of 30 broodmares, the um, the stud manager was very hands-on, and uh, I was an absolute sponge at that stage. I, I, I don't know how they tolerated me, but I used to ask a lot of silly questions, and uh, that's where I sort of got an understanding of the industry. Yeah. Uh, so obviously you're enjoying uh, working with horses and, and working with animals. We're chatting with Lyle Chandler this morning. So you're going through uh, your time there in the UK. Uh, when... First off, uh, at what point did you have a conversation with your parents to say, right, you were going to be doing this far more than just uh, – it, it was, I guess, becoming more than a, a hobby or an idea. It was actually becoming a, a proper, you know, this is going to be my career. Yeah, I, I suppose you don't – I wasn't quite thinking about it at that stage. I, I just thought it was really nice to to be, you know, you know, first time you go to Tattersall's and, and um, get experience, you know, the, the industry and, and you, you know, you learn more about it. I mean, like um, – it was quite amazing, you know. You see these these horses going through the ring that probably cost more than my grandfather's farm, you know, and it sort of, you know, captivates the uh, imagination a bit. And and then I thought I'd probably follow the stud route, but um, it was sort of a I had a bit of a, I took a, a gap year out of um, ag college, and I wasn't sure what to do. And I thought I'd go back to South Africa and, and work for a trainer because I'd never actually worked in the training yard, and that's probably. Um, what I enjoyed most, uh, I went out to Glenn Cotton, who's a Group One winning trainer just outside of Cape Town, and being able to work for him. Like, firstly, they were really welcoming, and uh, they couldn't have treated me better. And then I really enjoyed the competition. I, I thought with the sales, you know, it was probably you know three months or two and a half month preparation before you you know you saw the results in the sales room. But you know, with um, working in racing, you know, we were competing every Tuesday and Saturday in, in on the Cape Racing Circuit, and I really I really enjoyed that side of it. Tell us about uh, Lyle, your journey to to Sydney, mate. I mean, I mean, how did that all come about? Why, why did you jump on the plane and come here? Yeah, I um, I met a um, one of Banju's owners' sons actually out in in England. Uh, you know, their parents run a just property Chatsworth Park outside of Scone, and um, you know, he was very um, he was very complimentary of the Australian thoroughbred industry, and I was in England sort of. I was getting, I was getting on all right. I was actually at that time I was working for a um, international bloodstock shipping company, so we were going all around the world, taking horses to the Middle East and Brazil and you know Hong Kong international races and you know Breeders Cups and things, and that was very exciting. But it probably didn't really have the progression I was after, and I, I wanted to be more involved day to day with horses. So you know Ben sold uh, Australia to me, and I, I sort of 
looked at the racing jobs website online and you could see, you know, there's a lot of jobs advertised. And eventually I just decided to take a, a bunch of exports were heading out to Sydney and, uh, you know, organised to get on the plane and do the quarantine with them. And then just from there, I sort of started looking for work in Australia. And you landed, of course, at Randwick. Uh, I actually started off at, uh, at at Caulfield. Oh, okay. And Yeah, and then from there I went up to um, Lindsay Park in uh, Euroa, which was great. The, the Hayes family was was excellent to work for, and I, I learned lots there. And, you know, the Jeez, I've jumped a bit. Like, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, and then, yeah, once once the uh, Awesome Carnival came ar- around, I thought oh, I'd better leave Victoria, and I headed down to Sydney and started working for Gay, which was... Um, which was a good time to be around, um, um, you know, Randwick during the carnival and yeah. uh, seeing plenty there. And, uh, yeah, I, I mean, we could go on. Then, I, you know, from there I went to David Van Dyke's and, yeah, just, you know, just trying to, you know, find somewhere where you were happy to settle. And obviously we were limited to six months, um, you know, on the uh, working holiday visa. So I needed to find sponsorship and, and you know, David Van Dyke eventually um, gave me a nice position and was very kind enough to to sponsor me. And he was a growing stable, so that was a nice place once again, just to to be somewhere where you can sort of evolve alongside the business. And and there was the appeal there. And all very different places too, as well. Like the, the all the different stables you've just mentioned. Um, whilst the you know they're fundamentally probably all very similar in terms of their processes, but they all bring something different to the table. Yeah, I think. Um, you know, you, you learn different tracks and, um, you know, there's slightly different, um, you know, probably um, training uh, methods in, in different states. You know, you know, obviously like official trials in New South Wales and, you know, we just did a lot of jump outs in Victoria. So get those differences and then just to see that, you know, different outlays in, in, in tracks and um, and even just stable management, you know, there's so much into it, you know, you know. You know, various people, you know, some people use a, you know, manure compactor, other places use, you know, bins, just, just to see how, you know, everything, every, you know, the way the whole business runs in each location was totally different. So, and obviously a great opportunity to work with, a, you know, a good bunch of um, different, you know, farriers and, and, and um, physios and dentists and you know, just trying to mop up as much as knowledge as possible in every location. Yeah, that's sensational. So, I mean, when did you? And obviously, you met your, your beautiful partner there as well at uh, at Gay's. Yes, uh, I met Emily at Gay's. Um, uh, you know, um, you know, it's a great environment uh, at that stage. You know, obviously, a lot of people from all over the world involved in a in a big stable like that. And, and Emily, Emily, and I sort of hit it off there. And, and you know, she's been great. She she went off and um, did six months or a few months with Cornwall as well. So. You know, she got a, a different um, experience with the Australian industry, um, the thoroughbred industry as well. And, uh, yeah, and then from there, you know, she's she's gradually, she's always been a very good equestrian rider, but then from there she's sort of um, started writing more track work for Richard Lett and, um, and, uh, and, and also for David Van Dyke. So, you know, she's constantly updated her CV while being in Australia as well. Mate, uh, tell me about uh, the move to Scone. Um, why you, you picked that location, and also, you know, the, I guess the the unknown because it, it was a big big moment for you to go out on your own. Yeah, I, I suppose it was a natural natural progression when I was working for John O'Shea as foreman. I, I felt um, sort of I'd learnt as much as I I could learn without you know taking the responsibility on myself, and uh, you know it's, it's totally different when you know you the 
you know, the main train and have to take on a few more responsibilities with dealing with owners and, and things. And um, um, I thought Scone was a good location because obviously there's a lot of studs here and you've got the, um, you know, you've got all the um, expertise in terms of veterinary and farriers. And I really wanted to be in a rural uh, location. I think that suits horses. Um, and, you know, it's got good... Um, that's very close to uh, you know the most provincial racing tracks as well as uh, not too far off um, off you know um, certainly three and a half hours to Sydney, which is it's really good drive with um, you know the New England Expressway and and, and obviously M1 motorway. So yeah, it was just I thought it was the the perfect spot um, in terms of um, accessing all those racetracks. I, I did look at something like Goulburn, but I thought it might be a bit colder, and it's also probably a little bit further from sort of Newcastle and. And things like that. I thought I'd rather be sort of heading south to those provincial tracks. Yeah. Okay. Um, obviously, the best thing you've ever done going just going. Yeah, I think it's been a it's been a good move. Obviously, it was a really slow start for Emily and I, and you know um, we we were starting out on a limited budget. So when something like COVID hit, we we I wouldn't say we stopped, but we we sort of were very much sort of watch and act. We didn't know which way it was going to go. So it's been a very um, a very slow. Um, start to our, our training careers but um it's um it's been yeah it's been worthwhile and i've really enjoyed um training at scone i think you know it's, it's, it's a lovely track and obviously it's got an exciting future ahead of it tell us about acquiring some of the horses you've acquired so obviously you mentioned before banjo and we're chatting by the way with lyle Chandler this morning on monday's experts because that whilst you've, you're dealing with clients at other stables there's also, to a degree, a gentleman's agreement. You can't just go pinching owners and, and whatnot. you sort of got to basically start from scratch, don't you? Yeah, it's... Um, I think it's probably, you know, it's one of the... For me, you know, I, I was mostly very hands-on with horses in most positions I, I held. So, you know, the, the owner side was a bit foreign to me. I'd never done anything... Um, done anything like that before so getting owners was tricky and and probably still not really mastered it but i've been very lucky that you know slowly but surely um like word of mouth has spread and uh you know we picked up a lot of clients you know i've got a few sort of small owner breeders that you know have supported the stable which i really enjoy because you know i've you know they really love their horses and i find they um some of the horses can be quite progressive so i've enjoyed that but yeah ownership um yeah, it's, it's a never-ending um, learning curve, and you know, it, one thing I do, I would say about Australian racing, I just love the fact that you can meet so many different people. Um, we probably recently sort of got a few horses come on board, like uh, Rapid Dash has got a, a more diverse owner base compared to our traditional clients. But you know, it's so good. You know, uh, most people are just, you know, they really love the game, they really love the horses, and you know, it's it's just nice to meet um, to meet new people with a, a common interest. You know. You've got a stack uh, at the moment. We're chatting with um, Lyle Chandler. Now, you mentioned, obviously, Rapidash, this mare that you've got um, with a, a number of owners in the, the horse. She's a Sapedo mare, and he can't get any luck at Randwick. I know that. Yeah. Um, I suppose that's uh, probably um, pretty typical of the highways. There's always, you know, they're, they're really probably one of the few races on a Saturday that's got a, a absolute full field, and... Um, you know, with, you know, 16 to 18 horses, there can be a lot of bad luck. And she's certainly copped it. But, um, you know, we just, um, I think she's a quality mare and just keeping faith. And hopefully we can um, get her to the country champ- championship this year. So she'll obviously go to uh, to Tamworth in a couple of weeks' time? 
Yeah, that's the plan. We've got a bit of work to do on her rating. I was, I was actually surprised to see she actually dropped a benchmark point uh, because I thought the last two runs were pretty um, luckless. But um, wow. Yeah. So anyway, but that's, so she that, dropped. That's to... yeah, yeah. So 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 does that throw a spanner in the works end for qualifying? Oh, it's one benchmark point. It may it might be a little bit of a span in the works, but you know that's racing. You just got to roll with it and. You know, I'm still confident whatever happens, you know, she's a nice fully moving forward. But I suppose it puts a little bit of extra pressure on. But, um, you know, I, I'm um, sticking sticking to my guns and, and, and keeping the faith in the mare. So does that mean that so obviously Tamworth possibly, but then you've also got a wild card, but that'll be obviously quite uh, highly rated too. Yeah. Look, we're probably looking to uh, um, win the next start is probably what we need to achieve. Uh, but I don't think that's uh, an impossible ask. Um, as I so, say, bad luck is picking in the in the highways, but you know, I think she'll she'll probably you know now that she goes up in in class, I think probably fourteen hundred is the distance she needs to be racing over. Mm-hmm. So, and uh, Mitchell Bill to ride. Yeah, Mitchell Bell will keep the ride. You know, he was pretty frustrated the other day at Randwick, and under, understandably so. And uh, you, you know, he knows her well, and. Uh, as I say, we we know we've got a nice horse. We just got to um, hope for a bit of luck. Yeah. What about other horses in the stable, mate? Because obviously we talk about their rapidash, but you do have a number of other nice horses, um, and I see a couple of studs as well supporting you. Yeah, I've been I've been very lucky. Um, um, I've got I've, I've had um, a pretty sort of handy horse. I mean, he's a three-time winner for Kiora Stud, which has been really nice. Uh, I must say. Um, you know they're a great supporter of all trainers around Scone, and they do contribute a lot to the the local um, community as well as obviously the you know they've got some very nice horses in town. So it's been nice having them support a, a young trainer coming through. And um, I'm probably a bit light on on uh, two year olds this year, but I've got I've got a, a couple of nice ones. I've got a lovely uh, Your Song for a, a local breeder, and I've got a nice uh, Zuzane uh, Gelding that trialed the other day. That's um, Looks like he's shaping up the right way. Okay, so there's some there's some definite light uh, looking to, towards the tunnel uh, because it's going to be you know it's one of those things. You're a business. You sort of you, you never rest on your on your laurels, so to speak. You've got to keep um, rolling with it. And as I look at uh, what you've got in work, uh, even a couple of nice two year olds. So it's exciting times, mate. Um, I look forward to seeing you at the races again very very soon. Before we we wrap it up, though. Some of the biggest challenges facing country trainers. What do you think they are? Long. <laughs> That's a tough one. Um, I think. Um, I think obviously um, it's it's very competitive these days. I think probably you know w- workload would have to be up there. But I suppose then again, you're in an industry that's um, very sort of driven by you know it's not just. Uh, you know, um, how can I say, just a career as such, you know, it's a sport and there's a lot of, you know, passion and, and drive behind, you know, being part of it, effectively a sports team. So I suppose, you know, workload is always something and, 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 and staffing issues are a huge, um, yeah. are a huge issue. I actually I always laugh to Emily because, you know, when you work in town for some big metropolitan stables, you think that's where the, I mean, certainly I suppose you deal with some really high quality horses and you get some good experience, but um, if there's any stable staff out there that aren't very happy with uh, their wages, I would say there's a lot of value for stable staff out in the country. I think they're in relatively good money compared to town, and um, you know, staff, staff, you know, on top of workload would probably be the probably be the biggest issue, I'd say.
Yeah, okay. Um, and something that I guess needs to you know, be uh, be looked at more closely, uh, as I'm sure it is in, in some degrees, but even more so as um, the future approaches. Before I let you go, Lyle, um, I always ask all my guests this on, a, uh, on Monday. Might be a little bit of a tough one for you, but I'm, I'm keen to hear your answer. If you were standing in front of an 18-year-old Lyle Chandler, what advice would you give him? Oh, I'd say move to Australia earlier. <laughs> That's what I'd say. Uh, uh, um, you know, I think uh, Bjorn often sums it up really well. I think, um, I, I mean, I think it's a good country, and I think there's a lot of opportunities for people here that want to work. And uh, obviously, on you know, on the racing side, I think um, things are going the right way. Uh, you know, there's been prize money increases. Obviously, costs have increased significantly as well in the last few years. But I think. Um, I think you know that the administration sort of going about it the right way. Um, so uh, yeah, I'd, I'd just say move to Australia earlier. I think it's a it's a great country, and certainly in terms of uh, racing, it seems to be heading the right way. Well, mate, I ple- appreciate your time this morning. Also, I appreciate as well um, your chat about Rapidash and, and other horses in the stable. Look forward to seeing you a part of the country champs, and thanks for coming on, mate. Uh, hope you have plenty of success. Thanks very much for your time, Dave.